0: Welcome to The Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by LaMichael Wilson. LaMichael is running for governor of the state of Tennessee. Of course, the election is coming up November 8th. We're recording the episode today, October 30th of 2022, so just about a week out from the election. But very fascinating guest. Really enjoyed LaMichael Coming on. If you're a fan of The Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals I can also write life insurance and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals, 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Tennessee governor candidate uh, LaMichael Wilson is joining me courtesy of the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster line. LaMichael, how are you today? I am
1: excellent. How are you?
0: Doing very well. I really appreciate you coming on. Of course, you're on the Kelly Patrick Show. I'm always very intrigued with libertarians running for office. LaMichael, being this is the first time I've been able to chat with you, could you introduce yourself to the Kelly Patrick Show audience? Where are you from? What prompted you to get involved in in uh, uh, you know uh, political activity? And kind of what's your, what's your story, if that's all right, LaMichael? Gotcha.
1: So um, my name is LaMichael Wilson. I am the vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Tennessee, and I am the party's endorsed candidate for um, governor in the um, 2022 uh, gubernatorial election. Um, I lived in Chicago. I was born in Memphis, but lived in Chicago all of my life. Returned to Memphis in 2015, and at that time I saw that many people were marginalized um from resources and access to services uh in the memphis area so i decided to run for um for mayor at which time um i um got connected with the libertarian party uh here in tennessee i did local um local engagement with the liberty movement and um The opportunity became available for uh, state elected office, and I stepped up for that. Uh, We were having conversations on last year on just the challenges that minor parties have uh, with regards to ballot access. Um, The duopoly, which are the Republicans and the Democrats, uh, historically have uh, tried to uh, uh, eliminate recognizable competition. From the ballots, and they do that through ballot access. So here in Tennessee, the uh, Republicans, Democrats, and Independents need 25 signatures to gain ballot access. Whereas uh, minor parties like the uh, Libertarian Party or the Green Party or Constitutional Party, uh, they are required to get 2.5 percent of the number of individuals who voted in the last uh, gubernatorial election. And that meant that we needed to gain, we needed to gather fifty six thousand and eighty three signatures in order to get ballot access. Um, So, uh, in the process of that, of of us looking at that, we wanted to be able to affect legislation around that, and uh, we considered possibly uh, filing a lawsuit against uh, the state so that uh, we could have equal ballot access for all candidates, regardless of political uh, affiliation. And um, that was basically the initial motivation for me stepping up to run for governor. It was once we got into the race and we started talking to citizens across uh, the state that um, I started hearing the concerns and we started looking at the dynamics and realized that we had a really good chance of winning this race, not just to affect ballot access legislation, but to also affect uh, legislation around civil asset forfeiture, um, uh, uh, qualified immunity, eminent domain, criminal justice reform, and many other areas that were really affecting the quality of life for people that live in the, in the state of Tennessee.
0: Okay, LaMichael, I'm intrigued. You, you sounds like you are motivated for political activity by the idea of helping underprivileged people and representing a lot of those people. What differentiates or at what point did you decide the Libertarian Party was a better vehicle to take action on that type of thing versus at least the rhetoric. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of the Democratic Party, but at least the rhetoric of the Democratic Party would be at least consistent with them saying that's what their intentions are also Uh, How did you come about becoming a libertarian instead of, a, I guess, instead of a Republican, but maybe at least based on what I heard from you there versus uh, uh, being a Democrat?
1: Right. Okay. So um, libertarianism, I've always embraced and did not know what it was. Um, When I decided to get into the political uh, realm, I I looked at the Republican Party and its platform and found that it was not the best fit for me. And I also looked at the Democratic um, platform and it did not uh, align with my values um, or what my vision was for um, the political processes. Um, I looked at the Green Party and I liked the platform, but it still was not. Where I found the best fit. And when I became familiar with the Libertarian Party, I realized that that was the place where um, I would feel most um, comfortable. So at the end of the day, I believe in less government and um, re- a restrained government from um, infringing upon the, the rights and liberties of the people and the choices that they make regarding their education, their medical. Um, their bedroom and their boardroom. Um, I just believe that we should have less government, that government should exist only to protect the rights and liberties of the people. Uh, Libertarianism is uh, that ideology that I best align myself with. I think that many people align themselves with libertarianism, um, but just don't know exactly what it is. And there is so much fear mongering uh, from the duopoly that Uh, It it encourages people to not uh, uh, to affiliate with minor parties, uh, specifically the Libertarian Party. Um, What 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 we do know is that oftentimes individuals will uh, 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 assimilate to the political party of their family or their households as uh, as they're growing up. So um, by by just that that premise, I should be a Democrat. But because of of where I am, um, I have now, uh, my children have kind of aligned themselves with the ideology of libertarianism. My mother who has been a Democrat all of her life is embracing the values of libertarianism while she does not consider herself to be a libertarian. She is more informed about uh, the political processes and she makes um, her vote her voting decisions are more educated now as opposed to being emotional. So um, those are the things that I think uh, we, we as libertarians try to encourage uh, the voting pro- uh, voters in the process is to elect individuals who best align themselves or best will advocate for the issues that uh, concern you rather than voting for a party affiliation. because when you look at the system, Republicans uh, speak to Republicans. Democrats speak to Democrats. And libertarians speak to people. We 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 don't fight each other. We fight the government. That's what we're 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 fighting. We're fighting government and go, uh, the the constant in in um infringement that government does into the everyday lives of the people.
0: Okay, very interesting and a lot uh, to unpack there. But Michael, you mentioned you have children. Yes, I have three sons. Oh, wow! And
1: a blended family. We have five children.
0: Okay, and I guess they're probably not all five of the children are just like card carrying members of the Libertarian Party. But you have this is something you've kind of talked to a lot of them about, and and they're at least receptive to these types of ideas. So
1: interestingly, I don't, um, I don't believe in. Um, putting the dogma, the political dogma on on anyone and definitely did not do it in my household. I believe that we should be able to share information and allow people to make the choices that are best for themselves. With my children being around, they hear and they pick up and make the decisions that are best for them, specifically and intentionally. Uh, one situation is that my son, uh, one of my sons was working for a company that told him that in order for him to uh, continue his employ, That he would have to be uh, vaccinated and he chose to quit because he did not believe that the employer should be making a decision about uh, the medical choices uh, for his life and um, I can respect that uh, because you know I think that everybody should be able to make the choices that are best for themselves and not have government uh, make uh, mandates and and things of that nature
0: that's a very interesting topic you uh, brought up your son refusing to be vaccinated. When you look at these studies and you start analyzing political habits and decisions among different groups of people, one thing I have found to be very intriguing since Corona occurred is within the African-American community, a very large percentage of African-Americans have said, no, thanks. I don't want to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that also? And I know that you know, in a way I'm bringing race into this and, you know, you're an African-American. So I'm, you know, asking you that question. That's in some ways contrary to the idea of individual liberties and libertarianism across the board. But do you have any thoughts on the African-American community within the idea of, of getting vaccinated or, or, maybe even choosing not to be vaccinated?
1: True. So, um, I think that there, Within the the African-American community, there is this uh, tacit um, allegiance to government to be able to be a provider, you know, Um, but then that provision goes so far. When we look back at uh, the Tuskegee Institute um, experiment, and how government, um, uh, government says that they're doing one thing that is uh, purported to be advantageous and beneficial. And we find out decades later that uh, the, the, uh, the motives were uh, nefarious. S- uh, similarly, uh, here in Memphis, there are individuals uh, within the black community that lived around um, the Federal Depot. Which was connected to the army and the um, the military. And they were depositing um, nuclear waste and toxic waste into the ground. And now we're seeing many of the African Americans, uh, the families who have lived over there generationally, uh, 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 having cases, various cases of uh, cancer, different types of cancer, whether it's brain cancer and different things. uh, And these are all at the root of government. negligence or government involvement and so in that there is there is a little bit of hesitance or um reservations when it comes to government being able to say hey this is the best outcome for you on a medical uh um medical basis um i don't i think for me My biggest issue is uh, government should never be in a position of mandating what an individual does with their body, but rather government has a responsibility or it has an obligation to uh, share information with people so that they can make the best decisions for themselves. Um, I don't knock anyone for getting uh, vaccinated or not vaccinated. Uh, Those are decisions that everybody should be able to make for themselves within any population or demographic. But I do have problems when government uh, will determine or will mandate that uh, employees have to be uh, vaccinated in order to continue their employment. Um, That was prevalent with individuals that work for the government things of that nature um i don't think that that is the role of government and we should not allow government uh, or elected politicians or appointed uh politicians to be able to uh make those decisions for our lives
0: okay um within the world of libertarianism many people consider you know maybe ron paul to be like a I don't want to say a superhero, but, you know, maybe someone they look up to. Uh, that's many of the 2022 libertarians. They, they would say the 2008 and 2012 Ron Paul presidential candidacy, which he was actually running as a Republican, but regardless, they kind of, that opened up the, inspired them and, and uh, led them down the path of being a libertarian. Is there anyone in particular, LaMichael, who you would credit to, Kind of like that, are you a fan of Ron Paul or is there someone else that has influenced you substantially when it comes to your journey or your political evolution toward being a libertarian, small government libertarian?
1: Uh, there is absolutely no one that has influenced me on um, my my personal v- beliefs and values as it relates to uh, governmental affairs. Uh, quite simply, I just believe that government should not be in a place of uh, dictating and mandating anything for anyone's life. And um, that I believe that everyone has the right and the ability to make the decisions that are best for them. It does not mean that the decisions that you make at that particular time may be the most uh, uh, um, the best decision. I mean, we are human, we make errors, we choose uh, wrong, but in, in choosing wrong, we can still go back and choose right or make the appropriate uh, adjustments. I, I um, did not have anybody to shape that thought for me. That was just something that I believe. And um, in 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 connecting with the libertarian party, it was more about uh, being around other liberty minded individuals that 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 thought like me, uh, that were in a liberty movement to uh, shape the political landscape the way that we believe that it should be. Um, where I would feel most comfortable, um, I will tell you though I operate beyond party affiliation. I will support anyone, whether you know it's Republican, Democrat, or any other party, if they are if they are advancing the liberty movement. If someone is talking about being able to affect uh, 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 legislation around eminent domain or civil asset forfeiture. Um, I will put my resources behind that because those are issues that I believe in. And I believe that we have to, at some point, uh, shape a more restrained and constrained government that um, does not oppress the people. Um, the dependency that we have on government uh, is um, is is overwhelming and it's disheartening uh, when when people have so much reliance on on an institution to make decisions for them that they should be making for themselves.
0: Okay. It sounds like you are not, you know, I've interviewed for the past few years, I've interviewed various libertarian candidates for different positions across the country. And a couple of the people I interviewed without naming anyone in particular, um, and I'm not even saying anything bad about them, but they, they, at all, they kind of ran as a libertarian because that was how they could get on the ticket. And then when I talked to them, they didn't sound quite like they were as devoted to—I don't know about anarchy, but you know, an actual exactly. very, very small government—as you know, a, a real principled sure. libertarian would. So it sounds to me like you pass that test. You're you're you have very strong convictions when it comes to. The government needs to stay the hell out of our business. They need to focus on uh, specifically freedoms. We need freedoms. We need the liberty to make our own decisions. Government should not go beyond that.
1: Exactly. So um, we find the Trojan horse uh, aspect in um, in all facets of the political process. We have Republicans that are coming over to infiltrate the Libertarian Party. We have Libertarians who are... Uh, aligning themselves with the Republican Party. Uh, We have uh, libertarians that are running as independents because it's easier to get on the ballot. Whatever the reasons are, the reasons are varied, and um, people uh, make those uh, choices for themselves. Um, Out of all of our candidates that we had running in races this year, I was the only one that submitted paperwork as a libertarian. And I don't knock it. But at the end of the day, I am a libertarian. And by default, you will have to make me something different. But I believe in liberty. I support the liberty movement. And I believe that this is our opportunity to, uh, to start a revolution. And that is to minimize government and to maximize the freedoms of the people. People need to recognize that they have inherent rights to be able to make decisions for themselves and not have to rely on the government to make those decisions. If um, if I purchase a car and um, I'm aware of the safety features that a seatbelt offers, it is still my choice whether to wear it or not. It is not government's responsibility to mandate that I wear it. And then if I don't wear it, it assesses fees uh, to me. And what we find is that Government will 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 levy uh, 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 fines for uh, financial fines in areas that are already impoverished uh, as opposed to uh, writing those same fines in other areas. And it's not equitable. And uh, we should not be in a position where we allow government to make those type decisions. Um, If I don't want to wear a seatbelt, of which I don't uh, I don't believe in wearing a seatbelt, it is my choice. And um, um, I don't believe the government should do that. And then I further don't believe that government should assess a fine for me choosing not to wear my seatbelt. It is my choice. Um, I have a restaurant. And when I took over the, uh, the last uh, space, uh, the government had come in and given the previous tenant uh, a 98 on the health score. And with, with the amount of, um, code violations health violations that were there um that I had to correct in order for me to get a license it's it's just completely insane to think the government was in charge of of making sure that an institute uh, that the establishment was uh within the health uh, criteria for uh consumption food consumption it it failed I think that in a situation like that, As an entrepreneur, I should be able to um, pay in a free market and in uh, someone who specializes in doing inspections. And that person will put a a sticker in a window to let a consumer know, hey, I have been, this place has been inspected by uh, Kelly and um, it meets certain uh, criteria without government doing it. Uh, But then here's the thing. I may not want to have it inspected. As a consumer, I'll make the choice. Do I want to go somewhere where the government has inspected it, that Kelly has inspected it, or it has not been inspected at all? We find too often that it, there are individuals who have their cars uh, fixed in the alley with alley mechanics rather than going to the dealership. There are people that cut hair in their homes rather than going and getting your uh, getting uh, haircuts in a barbershop. Those are consumer choices and not government uh, uh, government mandates. Uh, uh, or uh, where we find that government should be involved in those decisions. And that is one of the reasons why I want to get rid of occupational licenses or uh, requirements uh, so that, you know, an individual can choose. If I want to go to a, a barbershop, then I'll pay more money. But if I want to go to somebody that's unlicensed, I can pay less money. Either way, I'm still taking a chance on whether they can um, do the job or not.
0: You touched on a few different, very fascinating topics there. One of them reminds me when I interviewed Larry Sharp, uh, I think a year ago, a couple years ago. He mentioned to me in New York State there are Jamaican women who have learned for generations how to braid hair, you know, from their mothers mm-hmm. and their grandmothers. And I forget the exact number. I'll probably butcher butcher it, but I think it was something like. $10,000, they had to pay the state of New York 10000 maybe even $15,000 to braid hair, where they learned it from their mothers and their grandmothers, and it's a part of their culture. The government came in and said, we're going to tell you if it's okay if you do this, and you have to pay us in order to legally do it. Is that an example of what you're referring to?
1: Exactly. And if you don't pay the fines, then you can be incarcerated. Also my issue though is I don't care if it's 15,000 or $15 no one should have to pay government in order to operate a business it is it's your livelihood or if it's a hustle it should be on your own and the consumer can make the decision whether or not they want to go with someone that um is certified uh through some type of occupational um Instructions, some classes or whatever it is. It is solely the consumer's choice, not government to make those choices for you.
0: One of the common obstacles libertarians run into, of course, there are some very common ones, and it sounds to me like you're very well versed on all of this. You put a lot of thought and, you know, you are a, a, a very principled libertarian. But what about the topic of drugs? Some people will hear libertarian and they say, oh, God, they're going to legalize heroin. They're going to legalize crack cocaine. Most people don't care like about marijuana that much or maybe, you know, mushrooms or whatever. But what are your thoughts on the topic of the government regulating illegal drugs? As a base? my my my
1: belief is individuals should be able to do whatever they want if there's no victim there's no crime that's that's my that's my sole uh premise it is not for me to make the decisions for other people um so within libertarianism there are individuals that are for the uh the legalization of some drugs and not others and Whatever have you, I believe that everybody should have be able to make the choices for themselves and have that own uh, belief system. As governor, I believe that the will of the people should be what government will do. So it does not matter necessarily that I whether I agree with it or don't agree with it. It is solely up to the uh, uh, my responsibility to ensure that the will of the people is done. Um, I don't believe that we should be uh, legislating any uh, drug use. Now, that's just my personal belief, though.
0: Okay, and I would say, I know these sound like softball questions because I actually agree with you on that. Um, uh, Throughout the past, I guess, almost three years since corona uh, happened, um, many people across the country, not all, but I would say many would say Ron DeSantis in Florida has kind of been the MVP of governors, okay? And and the reason I say that is to a certain degree, he avoided locking his state down. He stood up against some of the mandates. And that's not even getting into some of the um, other things like in school, sexual sexual content being taught to students and things like that. But what are your thoughts on, because you are running in a, a gubernatorial race, of course, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the idea or the notion that Ron DeSantis has been the MVP of all governors in recent time?
1: Um, hadn't given any thought to it. Um, I don't really uh, do any type of political comparisons. I just believe that there is a base uh, matrix that we should be looking at, and that is to reduce government and um, to reduce government and to give more power to the people, whether that's at a local level, a county level, state level, or federal level, um, I think that anyone anyone in elected office should recognize that um, that their job is to serve the people. And if you're doing that, then I think that there should not be any kudos for you because you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. So whether it's uh, DeSantis or uh, the local dog catcher. If you're doing the job that you're supposed to do, then I give you credit for it and I hold you on no no esteem. I think that's part of the pro- uh, problem that we have within the political landscape in our country is that we, we elevate individuals for service. Um, I remember when I was working with the city colleges of Chicago, we were doing performance reviews and one individual was upset with me because I gave him basic numbers, which was average numbers for the average job that he was doing. Uh, if you go above and beyond, then OK, fine. Then you can have, you know, uh, a better rating. But at the end of the day, uh, if you're doing your job, then that's all any, any one person can expect. And the, the, the role of elected officials is to serve the people. So if that's what you're doing, then kudos to you for that. But I don't I don't I don't believe in elevating and I don't I trust that no one would ever elevate me for it. Even um earlier you mentioned uh, that I was uh, um, African American and I am the only African American in a gubernatorial race. I would hate for anyone to 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 vote for me solely because I am the African American candidate. Uh, but I'd rather you vote for me because I will advocate for African-Americans, Latinos, and I'll uh, advocate for men and women. I'll advocate for everybody, um, whether you're straight or uh, homosexual or whatever the situation is. I believe that everyone's rights should be protected. And I don't think that I should be elevated or recognized for uh, the basic uh, uh, political stance that uh, every elected politician and appointed official should have.
0: Wow. Uh, A very fascinating topic you brought up there. That reminds me, I saw a, and I'm going back to him, but Ron Paul interview with Patrick Bet-David on Patrick Bet-David's podcast, I don't know, 2016 or 17. And Patrick Bet-David is of Iranian descent. So he's an, an immigrant. And he said to Ron Paul during the episode, and this stuck with me, he said, Ron, we need you to get out there in some of these minority communities, and we want your message to grow within specific minority communities. And of course, it sound you know—I I think it sounds like Patrick Bet David had great intentions with it, but Ron Paul's response was kind of consistent to what you're saying. He's saying the dif- the problem with that, Patrick, is. I want to stand up for the rights of everyone. So it's marketing to specific groups is almost counter uh, uh, what I'm doing. Exactly. I mean, that's not what we're exactly. doing. We're trying to stand up for the rights, the individual rights of everyone. And yes, that does include Hispanics or African-Americans or uh, immigrants from whatever country. But it's, it's more important instead to focus on the individuality, the individual rights for each person. Sounds to me like you're consistent with at least Ron Paul's response in that, in that capacity.
1: For sure. I mean, at the end of the day, rights are rights. If you violate the rights of one, you've ri- violated the rights of all. And if you protect the rights of one, you, you're you protecting the rights of all. Um, I think that as humans, we have human rights and those should be protected and we should be in a position to make sure that government does not infringe upon those rights. Um, I think that as... As an African-American, I I do connect with um, and I am very sensitive to the barriers that government has put into place uh, to marginalize African-Americans. And I specifically do have uh, a, a platform ideas in order to remove those barriers. But I also welcome uh, individuals from other demographics to be able to come and to talk about the challenges that they face so that, you know, I can work towards uh, removing and eliminating those barriers as well and raising the floor for everyone. I want everyone to be able to understand that you have rights to choice and not have to be dependent upon a government and, and, and operating within the choices that the government mandates for your life. That is like the essential message that I'm putting out. And the duopoly has such control over the process that they're uh they're keeping me eliminated uh, uh from or omitted from the 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 mainstream media conversation so that the conversation is only about republicans and democrats and they don't want to include any of the uh other candidates and i think that that that, that is not journalistic integrity it is journalistic bias that you know you should uh I hold the the journalistic community uh, accountable to being able to share information on all candidates and all races, and allowing the uh, the voting population to be able to choose who they best, who they feel will best represent them on the issues that concern them, rather than just saying, "Hey, the only options you have are Republican and Democrat."
0: Of course, I'm coming at this from a different angle than you are. I think you said your family, for the most part, growing up was leaning Democrat. I was raised uh, as a Republican up until a few years ago when I I guess, well, actually Corona radicalized me and I was like, what the hell's going on? Republican <laughs> Party really wasn't even doing anything. Trump was the president during all this and, mm-hmm. and then we just went into so much debt because of it. So I kind of became radicalized and I'm now a, a proud anarcho-libertarian or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but my question to you, LaMichael, is this specific to the African American community why so from my perspective Joe Biden is the one who what signed the crime bill that incarcerated so many African American males um you know why why is the democratic party why do they dominate within the African American community when it comes to to voting why is that i
1: believe that um the the African American community embraces the uh, democratic um ideology, primarily because of uh, the 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 indoctrination of socialism and um handouts, things of that nature that um they've been conditioned to believe that that is the role of government, that government should uh, provide these resources for you. And um I oftentimes believe that, uh, the government does that uh as a ruse because government has put so many things in place to marginalize you and to disenfranchise you from uh being able to uh be able to do things for yourself everything is subsidized and as a result uh uh people feel more aligned to that um I think that if if we were to put 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 options out, greater options, beyond just a two-party system, or if we just eliminate the party system, you will find that individuals will start to uh, shift well, the narrative of what, uh, just aligning themselves with, you know, the Democratic Party within the African-American community. I think that they'll start to, you know, go into other places and very into uh, into um, uh, more expanded options rather than just being limited to, you know, just saying that uh, uh, I'm with the Democratic Party because uh, it's anti-Republican Party.
0: It's certainly a very fascinating topic, but you're right. The teams then and the fact that there's really only two options does not for seem sure. to I be mean- something that creates a good product for all of us.
1: Exactly. I mean, both of them are deleterious to the lives of the people, but you, it's almost I mean, and you hear it all the time. It's choosing the lesser of two evils. And part of the messaging that I've been sharing on his campaign is that choosing uh, the libertarian candidate is uh, is allowing you not to have to settle for the lesser of two evils, because uh, the Republicans and Democrats are are, are bad on all grounds, uh, in my opinion. And um uh, you know, the messaging that they give is always um, vote vote for me because you're not voting or you're voting against the other party. And um, as I said before, for libertarians, it's not voting against another party. It's voting against government and giving more, uh, uh, more uh, protected rights to the people. We're anti-government. We're not anti-people. And the messaging that you hear, uh, from the Republican Party and the Democratic Party is anti-individuals who are not that party. And I think that we need to get beyond condemning individuals for their beliefs, but condemning government for uh, for the oppression that it has into the lives of the people. Specific. And that's why... Oh, I'm sorry. That's why I, I... Oh, no, you're good. But that's why I try to stay focused on... Um, on on letting people know that i i want to eliminate uh civil asset forfeitures i mean people are having their property and their their money taken away from them from the government under legal terms and and fighting to you know get that get their properties back uh uh to no avail e- eliminating eminent domain reducing and eliminating taxes reduce the size of government and you reduce the 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 the, the amount of taxes that uh, is burdened on the citizens. And when you do that, then you c- can put more money into the pockets of the people and it gives gives them more financial freedom to be able to live and do the things that they would want to do and allow them to support and put their money behind the, the things that they would want that money to go to.
0: A couple times today, LaMichael, maybe even a few, you've mentioned civil asset forfeiture and eminent domain. If we're assuming someone listening is not familiar with what either of those terms mean, could you could you give an uh, a, a definition maybe of what they are, maybe even an example? So, with civil asset forfeiture,
1: it allows the government to basically, and when I say government, I mean agents of the government. It allows the government to be able to uh, take the citizens' property uh, for whatever uh, reason uh, determined. And the citizen has to fight to get that property back. Point an example a gentleman was, uh, had cash money to go buy a vehicle. Uh, he was pulled over by a state trooper. The uh, state trooper uh, said that the amount of money that he had uh, was associated with what someone would uh, be doing with a drug transaction, and they confiscated the funds. The gentleman went uh, to court to um, petition the court to return those funds. And uh, the court gave him a percentage of those funds back. The government should never be in a position to take that, uh, take your money from you uh, at all anyway. It is the same difference with eminent domain. If if the government sees fit to do development, that they can take a person's property under eminent domain and not at uh, fair market value, but. They can say they're taking that property for the for the good of, of the people, uh, or for the good of the state, and um, and an individual uh, it has no an individual property owner has no recourse to fight the government on it. Those are things that the government does to encroach and infringe upon the
0: rights of the people, and the government should not be in a position to be able to do that. All makes sense to me, um, Michael, Specific to the race in Tennessee, who are your opponents? Who's the Republican and and who's the Democrat? How's the race looking? The government is my opponent
1: <laughs> at, at all times. The government is my opponent. I will support anyone, whether that's an elected candidate, an appointed official or the average person. I will support anyone who is advancing the liberty movement on liberty issues. Um, the incumbent, there is a Republican incumbent. There is a democrat in the race as well those in my opinion are not my uh opposition those are just individuals who are in a race uh just like me who are connecting with voters uh organically to advance the, uh the, the platforms that they that they have in place my platform is quite different from everyone else uh, my, my platform is focused exclusively on freedom and raising the floor for people and giving um, more power to people and reducing the, the, uh, the scope and size of government. No other candidate is talking about that on a holistic level. There may be some issues that are uh, uh, germane to the liberty movement, but the overall position of, of, tho- of, of anyone else that's in a race, is about uh, keeping government at the size that it is, and and uh, keeping government right where it is. I want a smaller state government. I want to cut state government, and I want uh, more more decisions for the quality of life for individuals should be made at the at the local level. Uh, you elect city council. You elect county commission. Those are the people that should be making the decisions for where you live, and not the state government. Um, uh, uh, I, I mean, the messaging, uh, Republicans talk to Republicans, Democrats talk to Democrats. Uh, I'm talking to everyone. I'm talking to libertarians. I'm talking to Republicans. I'm talking to Democrats. I'm talking to everyone. I'm talking to independents. I'm talking to people that have no party affiliation and saying, hey, this is what I stand for. This is what you can expect when I get an office. And I would love to have your support
0: is there a possible scenario where you do not win the race, but you have still positively impacted the state of Tennessee?
1: I think that that's a given. I think that that's in place right now. Just the fact that, um, there are so many individuals who I've connected with over the last few months who, who, um, many, many are, uh, unable to vote because they have felonies on their records. And, um, you know, like I talk to citizens and not just necessarily voters. And I encourage citizens to be able to persuade uh, individuals around them that are voters to be able to vote for uh, me as a um, liberty candidate. Um, I think that there are many people who are frustrated um, with the political processes. And for so long, they've been unheard. And um, we have we have a really good chance of shaping the narrative or at least in empowering and educating individuals that beyond the 2022 race, that as we go into 2023 elections, that we can hold uh, individuals more accountable uh, uh, who are saying that they're going to uh, do certain things. We can look at candidates now and start grooming individuals for races that uh, we can uh, be able to shift. Uh, the the narrative that we don't have to just settle for a duopoly and 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 going with the two major parties that we can start to groom individuals now for the uh, elections that are coming on next year based upon the 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 uh, the rhetoric that we're hearing the liberty rhetoric that we're hearing now and holding uh, the other two parties the major parties accountable to maybe having to shift what they're doing uh uh on their platform levels now. So I'm saying like, like uh with the issue of abortion, I am pro life, but my political position is pro family. I don't believe that government should be in a position to tell individuals what they can and cannot do medically. And that's not not exclusive to men, but it's I mean to women, but it's also in in uh it encompasses men as well. Uh whether that's the vaccinations or Uh, um, abortion or anything else. Those are choices that that families should be making and not government making. Uh, And we're not to sit in a position of what's right or what's wrong, but just in a position that it is not government's choice. And um, I think that as we move forward, there are many individuals who embrace that thinking and will hold the uh, elected officials or candidates next year to uh, embracing a different level of, of platform than just saying I, I'm anti-abortion or I'm for abortion or whatever the issue is, whether it's gun legislation, things of that nature.
0: Wow. Great stuff. Um, seems like you're a very put-together candidate. You, I could have taken this in many different directions. I get the impression <laughs> you're pretty well-versed <laughs> on about everything. So I appreciate you joining me, Michael Wilson. Before we wrap things up, If someone's interested, they enjoy what they're hearing, they want to learn more about you, how can they follow you on social media? You have a website. How can they learn more about LeMichael Wilson? Of course, for the people in Tennessee, but people from all across the country also, how can they learn more about you?
1: For sure. So the easiest way to do everything is just going to the website, which is LaMichaelWilson.com, L-E-M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Wilson.com. There are links to social media. Uh, platforms um, on our website. Um, I think that that would uh, help individuals to be able to connect with the campaign. Um, That would be the best way to to connect and to get more information.
0: Okay. Great stuff. The Michael Wilson, best of luck come uh, voting day. And even beyond that, because you are, you're, you're speaking this message. And as you said, even if for some reason you don't win the race, your impact during this campaign, and then after I think can have uh, uh, quite the reach within the state of, of Tennessee, but even beyond that. Lamichael Wilson, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it, Kelly. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to The Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon.